Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. been going through a study this summer, as you remember, about um, not being offended so easily, and it's very easy to be offended at the world, it's very easy to be offended at people, and uh, we've talked about, you know, why we shouldn't be offended, um, and, and I think we're, we're just going to keep kind of going along this theme and, and spend a little bit of time about, about how not to be offended so much, and, and we talked about being offended, and now we're going to kind of look at, well, what do we do? our next couple times together. Um, and so I think this would be a good study. And I think this would be helpful for you. Again, this is nothing deep. This is nothing heavy. But just it's, it's very easy to be offended as a Christian. It's offended to be at the world. It's, it's easy to be offended at the world. I should say it's easy to be offended at the government. It's easy to be offended at the different agendas that are out there, um, the diff- different political movements and, and people that we don't agree with. Uh, it's easy to be offended at our neighbors. It's easy to be offended at the people you're sitting in church next to. Uh, it's easy to be offended. You know, you think everybody in church is perfect and everyone should do no wrong, and someone offends you in church, and we get offended by it. So um, we've just been kind of talking about it and just kind of looking at what the Bible says. Um, you know, it's interesting. Every time you read the Gospels, so you're reading through the New Testament, every time you read that, there, there's one thing that I'm kind of always waiting to happen, and it never happens in the New Testament. You read the New Testament, you're thinking, oh, this is going to happen. And it never happens. And what that is, 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 is we're always kind of waiting for like a certain reaction from Jesus with all the crazy things he runs into. You know, I think about when Jesus was at the Last Supper. He's there with the disciples. It's, it's, it's the night before he dies on the cross to pay our sin debt. And he's kind of leaning into his disciples and, and he's, he's, he's having an intimate time with them. They're praying together. They're talking together. And, you know, some of the guys say, you know, hey, Jesus, I know this is a really special time for you. When you get your kingdom, can I be the vice president? You know, <laughs> you know to me, it, it's just kind of shocking that Jesus doesn't just say, you know, are you kidding me? You know, what's the matter with you? I can't believe you. You are terrible. This is the, the night before I die. What's with you guys? Don't you understand what's going on? And all you care about is yourself. Ah, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> That would have been an interesting twist to the whole story, <laughs> a story plot, you know, Jesus walking out the Last Supper. But it never happens. Jesus is never shocked by man's self-centeredness. Did you ever think about that? He's just never shocked. He doesn't go, oh, Peter, you're shocking me. You know, what, what's with you? Ah, this is terrible. <clears throat> he's, he's never scandalized by other, by other people's moral behavior. He's never scandalized by people's... Um, uh, misbehavior behavior ever. I mean, you just never see it where he's just sitting there just totally shocked. The reason is, is because he knows who we are, right? Jesus gets it. He understands who we are. He understands what's at our heart. He knows how the human heart works. Jesus knows that. We sometimes as Christians forget how the human heart works, but Jesus didn't forget it. Jesus knows. If you got your Bible, let's take a look at this uh, story here. John chapter 2, verse 23. John chapter 2, verse 23, uh, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. 
But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Jesus, Jesus knows. He understands. He gets this. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. There's, there's just no surprise. There's no surprise to Jesus, no shock to Jesus. He gets it. The problem is sometimes we, we don't, not sometimes, a lot of times, we just, we just don't get it. We just forget. We're, we're self-centered too, and we forget that other people are self-centered. Um, I think a big part about us being less offendable is really seeing the heart for what it really is. We've got to stop and kind of pause for a minute and just kind of remember, what is the human heart? So I wrote down a couple things here in our study, what the human heart is. Uh, the first thing is, is the human heart is untrustworthy. <laughs> It just can't be trusted, ever. It's just our heart, your heart, my heart cannot be trusted. It's just, it's untrustworthy. It's like, it's like the opposite of trust. It's the reverse of that. It's the backwards of it. It's just, no, it is not trustworthy. Our heart is unfaithful. You think of someone being faithful or some, you know, someone being faithful to their job or faithful to their nation or faithful to their spouse. Guys, listen. Gals, listen. Our heart is unfaithful. It's not faithful. It's unfaithful. That, that's the root of our heart. It doesn't want to be trusted. It doesn't want to be faithful. And, and our heart is, is prone to selfishness. It's absolutely positively prone to Have you ever just thought about that? Listen, your heart and my heart, the number one agenda on our heart is what? Is me. I'm taking care of me. Not you, but me. It's just it. it. And first and foremost, I'm looking out for number one. I am taking care of myself, and I don't care what happens. I don't care what it does, but I am always going to be selfish. And that's just, that's just the, the base root of my heart. It's just untrustworthy. It's unfaithful. It's prone to be selfish because it cares about itself only. Uh, but when we look at Jesus on their hand, when we look at Jesus, you know, he's never cynical. He's never scornful. Jesus is never hopeless. Jesus is never jaded. <laughs> and... And sometimes I think we, we as Christians need to kind of just grow up and mature ourselves a little bit more to where we kind of just really face the fact of just how messed up the world really is and how messed up humans really are and how dark our human hearts are. You know, we hear about Ukraine. You know, there's, there's Ukraine and all the crazy things going on in Ukraine. It's awful. We hear about the war crimes of Ukraine. We hear about the war crimes of, of like um, what happened with the Jews, right, in Nazi Germany. I, I just read a book on, on that. And and it's mind-boggling um, what, let's say, what happened to the Jews and, and the torture. I mean, it's bad enough, it's bad enough even in Ukraine that there's war. Okay, that's just bad enough that they drop a bomb, right? That's bad. But then when you find mass graves and people are tortured, for, for what? I mean, it's one thing you drop the bomb in the building or whatever, you know, your, your army against the army, but now you have civilians in civilian clothing being tortured. It, it, it just blows your mind. And it, you sit there and you just kind of scratch your head and you're like, how in the world, like, who can do this? How is this? These are innocent lives are being lost. And, and anytime you read history, anyone that knows anything about history or ever studied war or, or studied, you know, the World War I or World War II, you, you understand that injustice, injustice in general and, and awful things like that, it's, it's not the exception. Guys, it's the rule. It's, it's the way it is. It's just bad. The human heart is capable of staggering evil. Evil people rarely dress in horns and a pitchfork. They just don't. Evil people just don't show up in, in horns and a pitchfork. So, well, I'm evil. 
No, they, they show up, you know, as political leaders. They show up as, 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 as anybody, just, just like me and you, anything. And we look back at, at the old days and, and what happened, you know, even like through like uh, the Marxist regime and Stalin's regime, the, we don't hear much about that because we think about Hitler, but those guys were, they, talk about genocide. I mean, it was, just, it was just butchering just entire cities, entire nations, just because. Just, just because they, they weren't part of the group, you know, they weren't clapping, you know, for the political, political agenda. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The Bible paints it out pretty clear for us. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above, church, what's the next word? All things. It doesn't say in this verse that the heart is deceitful above some things. Your heart, my heart, is deceitful. It's, it's, it's lying, it's unfaithful, it's, it's tricking, it's, it's, it's bad above everything else. And if that's not bad enough, I mean, he could have just stopped the verse like right there. The heart is deceitful above all things, period. But he says, and our heart is desperately wicked. It's not just wicked, it's desperately wicked. Wicked. So what do you think of when you think of desperate? I mean, I don't know, what do you, th- you think of just someone, I don't know, desperate out in the desert looking for a glass of water, you know, and just clawing. You know, I just got to get some water. I'm desperate. I'll do anything. You know, it's, the heart is desperately wicked. It's just, it's clawing at everything it can. It doesn't care about anybody else. It's just desperately wicked. And then look at, the, look at the, the last part of the verse. It says, who can know it? Who can know their own heart? I had a guy one time I was doing counseling with who was making some really, really bad decisions in his life. And, and I, I talked about this verse to him. I said, hey, man, our heart is desperately wicked. I mean, it's bad, just bad. So don't tell me you're trying to do good, just bad. And the guy told me, he said, no, no, no. I know my heart, and I have good intentions. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Let me step back while you get struck by lightning. You, know? <laughs> you don't know your heart. The fact that you say you know your heart is proving to me that you don't know your heart because my Bible says it's deceitful above all things. And guess who's just been deceived by your own heart? You have been deceived by yourself. You think you're actually pretty good. And I, no, 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 Pastor. I know my heart and my intentions are pure. Oh, wow, really? Okay, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> um, the only one that, that does know our heart, though, is Jesus knows it. I mean, he's the only person that would know it, right? So he knows it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, Jesus can know it. Uh, so sometimes I kind of think about this when we talk about being, you know, offended less and, and, and not so easily offended by the, the sin that we see. We, we kind of sometimes should quit being so shocked and adjust our expectations accordingly. Because the heart is desperately wicked, who can know it? You know, we, we, we'll, talk, well, we'll talk about this in a minute, but we shouldn't, be too, we shouldn't be too shocked by sin. I'm not saying we pass over it. I'm not saying we accept it. I'm not saying we say, oh, it's no big deal. But to be offended by it or be shocked by it is sometimes kind of like, well, why should we be shocked by it? This, this is what sinners do. You know, this is how sinners act. Um, think, about, think about this. When Jesus, you know, all the times that Jesus met people, he, he ran into moral mess after moral mess after moral failure, and he was never taken back by anyone's immorality, ever. I mean, when Jesus met people, he wasn't, you know, there was not a story in the Bible that he's going... You're disgusting. Oh, I'm staying away from you. I can't believe you did that. You're gross. You never hear Jesus do that, right? You never hear going up to the woman at the well and say, well, you had five? 
get a life. You know, <laughs> you don't hear him say that. You don't, you don't you never see him do that. He just, he just doesn't do it. Uh, he just doesn't say, well, that's just too much. Or, or, you know, and think about the people he ran into. Um, well, how about, how about the, the demon-possessed guy the, in the gatherings? I mean, here's a guy who's running out there in the middle you know, the field, he's totally naked, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, and he's cutting himself. I mean, he's taking knives, and he's cutting himself. It's gross. It's disgusting. He's out of control. He's immoral. Who knows what he was saying, right? I'm sure he wasn't singing praise songs. And, you know, talk about the scariest, awful, most haunted thing you've ever seen was probably this guy. Everybody else was probably going, yikes, you know, <laughs> it's Halloween. Get away from this guy. <laughs> but Jesus doesn't. He goes up, and, and he talks to the guy, right? Uh, he's never, he's never, He's never disgusted by. He's never shocked by. He runs into dead people, people that have been dead. He, he talks to people that have, people are dying. He talks to people with leprosy. They got body parts falling off them, and, he, and he's never shocked by it. And yet, and yet, how many times do we as Christians? I mean, think about this. How many times do we as Christians say something like, "Well, I just can't believe that that person did that. I just can't believe that person did that." Really? You're shocked? Well, I don't know. The Bible says our heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can't believe it. We're shocked by it. I mean, why are we constantly shocked by, by our sin nature? We shouldn't be shocked. Uh, uh, we shouldn't be amazed if someone who, who does something and does it again. I wrote this down. You really can't believe that politicians would lie? Really? That, that shocks you? Like we hear about, you know, and the president said this, and last week he said that, and, and you know, the governor said this. And, oh, I'm shocked. Really? You're shocked? I mean, really? We're shocked at that? I mean, we're shocked? <laughs> really? You can't believe that your boss would cheat on his wife? I just can't believe it. Really? You can't believe that someone would try to steal from you? I can't believe they stole my car. I had a friend of mine that was down at, at the Brewers game uh, in her car, and she's, she's from Illinois, came up to the Brewers game to watch a game, and while she was getting out of her car, a gang showed up, and, and as she walked away, they, they broke into her car. She actually turned around and confronted them, and they got out of the car, and they ran away, and why is she sitting in the car? Because they smashed the windows, waiting for the police. Three-hour wait at the Brewers game to wait for the police, so she missed the game. The gang came back, and they came back and started, like, cursing her and calling her names and confronting her, trying to steal her car again. This was in the middle of the day. <laughs> She's like, you guys live there? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. Never happened to us, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, you can't believe your neighbor would set off fireworks at 2 o'clock in the morning? Really? That shocks you? You can't believe that a world leader would attack his own people? That shocks you? I mean, it does kind of shock us, but the heart is desperately wicked. It's above all things. People are judgmental and self-righteous. That shocks me. <laughs> Does it really shock us? I mean, should it really shock us? There's always going to be people out there finding fault in what we're doing and how we're doing it. It's just, it's just going to happen. The world is just terribly broken, church. It's just awfully broken. Sometimes we need to just stop and pause for a minute and just not be so offended by it. It's going to happen. Does it make us happy? Do we pass over it? Do we, do we just say it's no big deal? No. Here's what we do. Instead of being so shocked by it, instead of being so offended by it, or so offended by our neighbor, or so offended by our boss, or offended by our coworker, or offended by the person sitting next to us, we could stop and thank God that he intervened. Praise the Lord. Amen. He died on the cross, paid our sin debt. That's amazing. It, the fact that someone sinned shouldn't amaze us. What should amaze us is that Christ died on the cross for those sins. 
that church is amazing. That's what's exceptional. That's, that's what should literally bring us to tears because why? He's going to be the one that's going to restore everything back to the way it's supposed to be in his time. Okay? Eternity future, there, there won't be sin. But what's amazing is that, that God, God did what he did. Sin isn't the exception. It's the norm. War is not the exception. Peace is the exception. Worry is not the exception. Trust is the exception. Decay is not the exception. Restoration is the exception. Anger is not the exception. Gratitude is. Selfishness is not the exception. Sacrifice is. Defensiveness is not the exception. Love is. Being judgmental is not the exception. Grace is. Sometimes we've got to stop and see the human heart really for what it is. Adjust our expectations on the people around you, your neighbors, your coworker, your boss, your church family, and be grateful that God loves us just the way we are. Be grateful that God didn't throw us under the bus. He knew we were going to do wrong. Sin is not amazing. God's grace is amazing. Right, church? Amen. That, that's the thing that ought to, ought to just shock us and amaze us the most, that Christ died on the cross and paid our sin debt. That's what's amazing. That's what's, what's exceptional. That's what's unbelievable. God's grace so don't be so shocked, don't be so offended. Remember that God sent his son because our sin, my sin as well, is what is offensive to God. He's the one that died on the cross to pay our sin debt because it was so offensive. The reason that we have the gospel to share is because the world is an offensive sinner. Don't be shocked and offended at your neighbors, but instead share the gospel. Next time your neighbors shoot off fireworks at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, Okay, I'm glad that Jesus died on the cross for my sins too, right? And now I'm even more motivated to go and share the gospel with my neighbors because then maybe the Holy Spirit will convict them about shooting off fireworks at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> but, but their sin should, our sin, should drive us more to share the gospel, right? Because our sin is what separates us from God. It separates us from, from his, uh, his eternity in heaven. So, Lord, this is why you came, Jesus. This is why you died on the cross. Who am I to be offended at, at my boss or my coworker or the government? The truth is I'm just as big a much of a jerk as my neighbor or my coworker or our government is. And if you were in government, you'd be a jerk too. You would. And, and if you were your neighbor, you, you know, you're not the perfect neighbor either, okay? You're not the perfect employee either. Do you know that? Like, like everyone at my company is an idiot but me. Probably not. <laughs> well, everyone at my church, you know, is just, they just don't do it right. I'm the only one that's got it figured out. Really? Okay. Our heart is desperately wicked. God, you sent your son to die on the cross and pay for mankind's wickedness. You weren't offended by it. You, you, you know, Jesus never tripped over these people. Jesus never ran away from these people. He showed more love and, and presented the, the clear gospel message to them. That's what we should be doing even more, okay? How to be less offended? Next time you're offended by someone, ask yourself the question, have I shared the good news of Jesus Christ to this person, or am I just going to sit here and live in offense to the fact that their heart is desperately wicked? Who can know it? You know? Am I going to live like that? 
I'm going to use a moment of offense and a moment of, of frustration with my neighbor, or my coworkers, my boss, as an opportunity to share the gospel and every more, and, and to stop and just think for a second. My heart is desperately wicked too, right? And who am I? Who am I to, to, to be offended at that person? Jesus wasn't offended at him, okay? Again, guys, this, don't, don't look into this, and, 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 and tell you what, we're going to keep going on our study, not right now though, but don't look into this more and say, well, someone sinned, let's just pass over it. No, there's a holy, God's a holy God, God's a just God, okay? If there's, if there's an offense that was made, okay, the time's got to be paid, so to speak, all right? Uh, uh, people do things wrong, we have to be aware of it, we have to be uh, cognizant of it, we're, we're not just going to, you know, roll over on our back and let sin rule in our world. We have to say, listen, people are sinners and, and, and there's problems and our job is to go give the gospel. That's what's going to change people, okay? We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.